Welcome to Encourage the Believer. Our goal is to share truth and strengthen the body of Christ. Here's Brother Tim Bell to share our encouragement for today. Hello and welcome to Encourage the Believer. And I'm so glad to be with you again today. I want to look at a passage of scripture today, give a couple of thoughts that I hope would uh, be encouraging to you. Uh, Philippians chapter 4. Uh, verses 4 through 9. And when we look at this passage of Scripture, I want us to to consider uh, the the thought of an attitude well-pleasing to God. And that is something that I really feel that, uh, you know, we, and I don't, maybe not you, but I know <laughs> I, know I do, uh, with the attitude uh, throughout the day. Sometimes it gets a little salty. Sometimes it gets a little bitter. Sometimes uh, I'm okay. But um, I want us to consider that an attitude well-pleasing to God. So in Philippians chapter 4, uh, begin in verses uh, 4 through 9, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understandings, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things, those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. God is concerned with what we do, what we say, and what we think, and however, what we do and say and think is all the result of the, the kind of attitude that characterizes our minds. The word attitude uh, actually comes to us through French, Italian, and Latin from a Greek word that means to fasten. It is something that has fastened itself to our minds. Sometimes it describes any manner that shows one's disposition, but we usually use it to identify the disposition itself. That is to say, one's nature, temperament, or, or um or frame of mind. So the book of Philippians is full of Paul's uh, exhortations to the Corinthians about having a good attitude. In chapter one, uh, Paul encourages the attitude of desiring to magnify the Lord by life or death. Uh, chapter two, Paul encourages the mind or attitude that is in Christ. Chapter three, uh, he encourages the attitude of giving your all for Christ. Now, as we look in chapter four, Chapter 4 encourages the believer to maintain the attitude well-pleasing to God. And I want us to notice several of uh, the words that are uh, mentioned here. First of all, you know, when we look through this passage of 4 through 9, is the word joy. And Paul says to have the attitude of joy. And, and, and sometimes we get joy and, and happiness confused. You know, happiness is primarily an outward emotion. It's a reaction to pleasant circumstances. And um, this actually helps get us through the bad times. Joy, however, is a deeper 
inner characteristic that continues to exist even when the bad times or unpleasant circumstances prevail. And this is why Christ would say in Matthew chapter 5, he says in verses 11 and 12, Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you, remember that, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. So we all experience trials and difficulties and problems. There's one thing that that we are all, every individual in this world is united in, and that is trials, difficulties, and problems in life that make us unhappy. And there is no sin in that. But as believers, we can still rejoice even when it's our saddest time. Remember that you know, Paul said rejoice always. And you might ask that, that question, how is that possible? Well, Romans 12, 12 says rejoicing, what? In hope, patient, what? In tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. No matter what happens to us while we're here on this earth, I can guarantee you, we can still rejoice in our blessed hope. Remember what Christ said, forget, for great is your reward in heaven. And this is what gives us our will to continue on because we have hope. And Charles Wesley said it best, rejoice in glorious hope. Our Lord, the judge shall come and take his servants up to their eternal home. Lift up your heart, lift up your voice, rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. So joy is one of the main words I want us to, to, to pull out of this passage of Scripture. Another one is gentleness. Gentleness. We're reminded to have the attitude of gentleness in verse 5. The word moderation is used here, which means graciousness or forbearance. And one, one writer's thoughts are, to have meekness under provocation, a readiness to forgive injuries, sweetness of disposition. Titus 3.2 tells us, it uses the same word. It says, to speak evil of no man, but to, uh, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness to all men. So basically, um, we should treat others as we would want to be treated, right? And the, the other reason Paul gives, um, he gives this thought is that the Lord, he says, the Lord is at hand. This is not the second coming of Christ, but the Lord himself is near, watching us, seeing how we believe, and to help us in doing what's right, and in, in, in that's found in Hebrews chapter 4. Listen, I, we have to understand, what we forget, I believe, uh, is the fact that the Holy Spirit of God, part of the Trinity, when we accept Christ into our life, part of that Trinity, the Holy Spirit of God, comes and dwells within us. So what does that mean? That means we have the presence of God with us, in us. And that should really be a little bit sobering of a thought to think that whatever I say, he knows, he hears it. The fact is, he, he, he knew it before you said it. He knows your thoughts. He knows the intents of your heart. And 
He knows how you're going to react instead of respond in the spirit. He knows how you're going to uh, to spout off things maybe uh, that are mean and cruel. He knows what you do when the doors are closed. He knows what you do whenever no one else is around, no one's looking. He sees what you do. That's sobering to me. I didn't really, I mean, it, it, it really did not hit home to me until I got saved uh, back in 2001. That everything, everything that I do, everything that I say, every thought that I think, every intent of my heart, God knows. He's right there. So I want us to, to, to get that thought into our minds that as a believer, we can't just think, well, he's not looking. Okay. Uh, he knows and he sees he's with us the whole time. So to have that gentleness of heart, to have that spirit that is found uh, in, in the book of Hebrews, let me read that to you in Hebrews chapter four uh, in verses four, uh, 13 through um, 16. It says that neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. But all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our position, profession, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly before the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So whenever we are in that position, whenever we are in that circumstance, whenever it is time, we're in that fork in the road and we have to make a decision of am I going to do what's right or am I going to do what is appealing to my flesh? Am I going to think what is right or am I going to think as the world would have me to think, as my culture surrounds me. I have a, a high priest that was tempted just like I am every day, but without sin. And the way he did that was he put his thoughts, he put his words, he put every intent of his heart to please God, to please the Father. So when we're talking about gentleness, speak no evil of uh, speak evil of no man, uh, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness or graciousness or forbearance or long suffering to all men. Then we have the word prayer in verse uh, six. And prayer reminds us to have the attitude of prayer. Or Paul reminds us, excuse me, to have the attitude of prayer. First, he tells us to be anxious for nothing. And this has been a problem for man since the, the fall in the garden. I mean, Matthew 6 uh, tells it gives a, the Lord's thoughts on worry. But how do we keep from being so anxious? You know, if we go back and uh, 
look at our text, but in everything by prayer and supplication, let, uh, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God, right? And all throughout scripture, the Bible tells us that God will hear and answer prayer. John chapter, uh, excuse me, James chapter five, verse uh, 13. It says, is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. And verse 16 is very important. Confess your faults to one another and pray for one another that ye may be healed. Now, that's not speaking of a physical, but a spiritual healing. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, righteous man availeth much. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain and it not in it. Uh, Rain not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. So you say, well, Brother Tim, what are you what are you talking about here? What do you mean? Uh, Joseph Scriven wrote these famous words: "Oh, what peace we often forfeit." Oh, what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Why, why is it that we think that the only time that we need to pray is when there's, we can't think of anything else to do? You know, why is it that whenever, whenever our backs are up against the wall, we utter this phrase, and I've heard it, well, I guess we could pray about it. That should not be the last thing on our list. It should be the very first thing that we do whenever we say to ourselves, hey, listen, you know, this is a situation that we need to talk to the Lord about. This is a this is a problem that the Lord knows how to handle. We need to consult with him. We need to pray and talk to him. And whenever, you know, I... I have been in, in, in situations where the circumstance is presented to me and it, my flesh automatically, you know, your gut churns, it turns, your stomach gets in knots and, and automatically, you, you know, you, you, you get a little short uh, winded and, and uh, your, your mind starts racing. But it's amazing to me that whenever I get in a situation like this and I say, you know what, I got, I, I got to talk to the Lord. And I get on my face before the Lord, and then I can go to the Lord and I, in prayer, as in Hebrews chapter 4. And I could boldly come before that throne of grace, and I can ask the Lord then, Lord, I know you know the situation, but here, am, here I am, and, and I need to talk to you. Too many times, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this, and I hope that you understand too many times we use prayer as a picketing time. You know, we go out and picket something, you know, we are protesting to God, you know, uh, I need you God to go do this. And we're demanding almost that the Lord do this. Hey, listen, 
whenever we talk to the Lord, the first thing that comes out of our mouth is our is praise to him, who he is, what he is, how wonderful he is. And as we're as we're praising him, we begin to to understand ourselves that we are in the presence of an almighty God. I'll guarantee you that if you were to actually stand before an almighty God and you were going to tell him what you want him to do, I don't think that's going to come out of your mouth. So whenever Paul reminds us to have the attitude of prayer, he wants us to understand that don't be anxious, don't be nervous, don't be fearful for anything. Yes, we're going to have those feelings. It's natural. But it also should be natural that we say, but I'm going to depend on the Lord. You say, do you do that all the time, Tim? Not all the time, no. And I, 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 I will be the first to admit it. I work on that every day. But I know that there are things that I should be praying to the Lord about sometimes and I don't. And then whenever I finally submit my will to his and I start praying about it, do you know that they work themselves out every time? And I would encourage you to do that. So whenever we're, we're, we're talking about this passage of scripture, he brings out the word joy. He brings out the word gentleness. He brings out the word prayer. Then there's peace in verse seven, the word peace. The result of casting all your care upon the Lord in prayer is that his peace will sustain our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Ephesians chapter two Whenever I read this passage of scripture, it just truly convicts my heart. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 through 18. Wherefore, remember that ye, being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are uh, called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at the time ye were with, without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world, but now, in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition uh, between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to making himself of twain one new man, so uh, making peace." Verse 16, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you, which were afar off and to them which were that were nigh. And verse 18, through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. That is the result of casting our care upon the Lord. When we submit ourselves to the Lord and trust in him only, we can have that kind of peace that Paul describes that passes all understanding in, in Colossians chapter three. Let us, let the peace of God rule your hearts to which also ye are called in one body and be ye thankful, Colossians. So we either let worry and anxiety rule our hearts or we can let the peace of God rule our hearts through Christ Jesus. Remember, uh, I can do all things, Philippians 4.13, through Christ. And that is 
where our peace is. That is where our strength is. That is where our discernment is. That is where God gives us direction. Then we have the word meditation in verse uh, verse 8. Paul again encourages to have that attitude of meditation. You know, we're not talking of, uh, of sitting in the middle of the room humming to ourselves with our legs crossed Indian style. I mean, this is, you know, in our, in our fingers, you know, on each knee pinched with our other fingers spread out. It's not what Paul's talking about. The battle is first won or lost in the mind. Let me, let me take you to, you know, a, a, um, a verse of scripture in the Old Testament that, that I think uh, will, will help you with this. You know, in Psalms uh, chapter one, it says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. You're thinking about the word of God. You're allowing the word of God to so permeate your life and to so permeate your thoughts that as you lay on your bed before you go to sleep at night, that that you're thinking about what God did for you during the day. Psalm 119.97 says, Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day long. You know, what is it that you think about all the day long, throughout the day? I mean, you know, I, I'm not I'm not talking about, you know, not t- thinking about your wife or your girlfriend or boyfriend or your husband. I'm not talking about, you know, thinking about, you know, the the business meeting you've got to go. That, I understand those things. But there are times whenever we're just in the car and are, you know, we're 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 almost like in in a uh limbo state, right? And until that one person honks at us and wakes us up. <laughs> but in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5, the Bible says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Bringing into captivity. Those are the things that we need to let God be the center of, Is are those thoughts that we can find ourselves racing off into these places that maybe we shouldn't bringing those thoughts into captivity, meditation, and allowing God to be the the forefront of your thoughts uh, throughout the day. Then obedience in verse 9. Paul wants the believer here to have the attitude of obedience. When we obey the will of God, we will have an attitude that pleases the Lord. And remember, Matthew 7, 21 tells us that not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom. Okay? It's only those who do the will of the Father, only those who have truly accepted Christ as their personal Savior. And I want to stop right here and and say this. I know a lot of people who have a head knowledge of Christ, 
and can give you verse in scripture and can tell you the Romans road and can, uh, uh, you know, um, just, I mean, spit out the, the, the Christian verbiage all day long, but, but there's no change in their life. They're neither hot nor cold. They're lukewarm. They're, they, they, they speak one thing and they walk another. They walk one thing and they speak another. Those people are the ones that Matthew 7 is talking about. They're, didn't I teach a Sunday school? Didn't I sing in the choir? Didn't I get on the bus ministry? Didn't I help in the Christian school? Didn't I do this? Didn't I preach? Didn't I compete and sing praises to you? And the saddest part about that all is when Christ says, I never knew you. I never knew you. You never truly accepted me as the Lord of your life. It is only those who do his will change completely and no longer want to be a part of the world, but they are set apart. They are a peculiar people. And in having this attitude that pleases the Lord is not just following the admonishments of Paul, but what they reveal to us through Christ. And again, I, I have, uh, you know, conversations with people who tell me, you know, well, we're all God's children. No, no, we're not. That's a lie that many people have bought into. We are not all God's children. We are all God's creations. But just as, as I was born into the Bell family, I was born into that family by my parents, Rod and Lenore Bell. They brought me into this world. The Lord allowed that to happen. That's the same thing that happens whenever an individual bows their will to the Savior and says, I give my life to you. I am born anew. I am born again. I am renewed in your spirit. And I live for the Lord Jesus Christ from that day forward. Now I'm a child of God. Now, one thing that we also, every human being on this earth has in common is that we're all creations. We are creations of God, fearfully and wonderfully made. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 11 in verse 1 tells me this. Let me get to that real quick. Be ye followers of me, even as I also am Christ. Paul is telling uh, the, the church of Corinth. Then he goes to, he sends a, a message to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Be followers of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us and, uh, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor. You know, I believe some do, some uh, scholars do and some don't, but I believe that Paul wrote uh, the book of Hebrews and in Hebrews chapter five, verses eight and nine, uh, he says, though we were a son yet learned he, uh, excuse me, though he were a son, that's a capital S, yet he learned, obe uh, yet he, uh, let's back that up, though he were a son yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. And being made perfect, 
he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Obedience. You know, the, the past the pirate, obedience is the very best way to show that you believe. Doing exactly what the Lord commands, doing it happily. Action is the key. Do it immediately. Joy you will receive. Obedience is the very best way to show that you believe. I 100% agree with that. Now, we've looked at these different words uh, in this passage of Scripture in uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verses uh, 4 through 9. We've seen joy. We've seen gentleness, prayer, peace, meditation, and obedience. If we rejoice in the Lord always, let our gentleness be known to all men. Be characterized by prayer rather than by anxiety. Have Having the peace of God ruling in our hearts. Meditating on the law of the Lord and doing his will in all things. Then, then we shall have an attitude well-pleasing to God. I hope this has been an encouragement to your heart. And I hope that you're able to take this and apply it to your daily life. And remember to encourage the believer. It does the body good. Until next time, God bless. Thanks for joining us on Encourage the Believer. If you like what you hear, be sure to follow the podcast and share with your friends. See you next time.